Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Her Influence Podcast. It's Kathy Ostopchik here with you today, hosting today's conversation with the amazing Erin Clark. And you will hear in this conversation um, her intro and how we first met. But I first met this amazing woman in Vancouver at Relate Church when we held our very first gather and just I was totally enchanted by her. Uh, She's a pastor's wife, her and Mark uh, planted Village Church in 2010 and it's grown into I think the fastest growing multi-site church um, in Canada across cities and she's a homeschooling mom of three girls 13, 11 and 9 and an all-around person of passion in everything she does and I will say not only passion but fun. She began homeschooling her girls years ago to give the family grounding amidst the crazy beautiful chaos of their ministry life and she's passionate about helping women flourish in their faith and their everyday lives. She really shares from authentic heart her life of ministry, motherhood and homeschooling on Instagram through the lens of humor and joy and I love the fact that she puts humor, fun alongside with joy which is a much deeper well and her motto for motherhood is make every moment count redeeming the routines of life through fun and intentional parenting that word intentional is huge and I think of Erin as always with the both and yes we're living in a time of fear uh, during COVID but can we make an environment that has healthy fun to to push against the fear uh, yes we can um, I love the fact that she talks about making your kids feel really special and yet not letting them be the thermostat for your home. Like you set the thermostat girls in your house and I don't care if you're the single girl in the house, the married girl, the one with children, an aunt, a sister, we do know that we've been given that heart um, that sets the tone. Everybody's looking to us. Is this going to be a good day? And it's the choices that we make to act in a positive and life-giving way that other people will be able to get their energy and joy from. Um, Just be aware that, you know, this girl is, um, she's super funny actually, and she refers to in this conversation uh, doing the Elaine dance, and I don't know if any of you have seen Seinfeld, but the Elaine dance is hysterical, so Google that if you want to know what she's talking about. And also doing the hand dancing, and I just even think this word, like, when you don't know what else to do, when there's so much fear, when there's so much stress, start to dance. And Erin is such a great example of how she's introduced these um, moments of joy and humor and fun into the home during and especially in these times of really crazy uncertainty. So I can't wait for you to lean into her because, you know, she's lighthearted in some of the things she says, but it comes from a very deep place where she's thought this through really well and said, I, my influence is focused here. This is my sphere of influence. I'm going to do my best with these girls during this time and for the long view. This is my place. And she does it just with great um, joy, great presence, and great certainty that this is where God has positioned her. And she's made that choice. So have a good listen to this conversation with Erin. This was part of our True Conversation series um, that we have been hosting since, I think, April. And so you'll hear the context around that, but can't wait for you to listen in and take some great notes on what it's like to bring joy into your home in stressful moments. Have a good listen. Welcome to the Her Influence Podcast, calling women to rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. The Her Influence Podcast is created on behalf of Gather Women by Women in Canada for women everywhere to rise in their leadership influence wherever they are planted. We are grateful for our sponsor partnership for Season 3 with Sisterhood YXE and Lead Women, a women's cohort designed to provide women with a graduate education in ministry leadership that empowers them to bring transformational change to their churches, communities, and world with full or part-time and geographical flexibility. Find out more at horizon.edu. 
And now, here are your hosts, Kathy Ostapchuk, Vanessa Hoyes, and Caitlin Say. It's really excited that I think over the four years since Gather started, and um, our guest today, Erin, you were at the very first Gather at Relate Church yeah. in Vancouver. You were hosting with us, which was which was amazing. We've had well over 200 women on the Gather platform. And I even hesitate it to call a platform. They've just all been places to gather. So I think we really are truly connecting. And in this season, I believe we are equipping women. So we've talked about money, mental health. We've talked about momming. We've talked about... Um, strategies for navigating where we are now. And so this conversation is just about fun and passion and intentionality, I think, with the family. Mm -hmm. So just so excited that we get to do this today. So Stacey, do you have any other words before I introduce Erin? No, I think that's it. I've got Facebook Live going, so that's good. But um, there might be a watch party happening. (laughs) Um, And I'll just kind of be navigating that. So we're good. I'm I'm recording and... um, yeah, you can intro and we'll, we'll get started. Okay. Well, for everyone joining us on Facebook, I want to say welcome to our Gather Room tonight, our Gather Zoom Room. And I'm so excited that we have Erin Clark with us. Um, her and her husband, Mark, planted Village Church in 2010. And gosh, it doesn't seem like that long ago because I always think of it as just a young, vibrant, but definitely growing church. It's a multi-site church across many cities in Canada. And Erin is a homeschooling mom of three girls who are 13, 11, and 9. And she's an all-around person of passion in everything she does. And, and I can attest to that. You need to follow her on Instagram to get your daily dose of everything that's life-giving. It's great. Erin uh, began homeschooling her girls years ago to give the family grounding amidst the crazy, beautiful chaos of their ministry life. I can only imagine what that's been like for you. She's passionate, <laughs> about, <your> life. <laughs> yeah. She's passionate about helping women flourish in their faith in their everyday lives. She authentic, authentically shares her life of ministry, motherhood, and homeschooling on Instagram through the lens of humor and joy. And I love that. Her motto for motherhood is make every moment count, redeeming the routines of life through fun and intentional parenting. parenting. And I guess um, today... Erin, uh, you're going to be bringing us some practical strategies. And my question to you is like, where were you when I was raising my kids? Because <laughs> I don't think I had the words passion, fun and humor and making everything count. I was just trying to get through, you know, and make yeah, sure. And there's that, a lot of that. There's a lot of that yeah. as well. For yeah. Sure. And I'm still in it. So I can only take my current experiences and what I've had, but it's looking ahead <laughs> to people as well and seeing people like you who are through it and, uh, and we were just talking about how your kids are following the Lord and serving them in their local church. And that that's yeah. what us young moms need to be gleaning from, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that song, The Blessing, has been so powerful for all of us, <laughs> like your children yeah. and their children and their children. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm just going to give you the floor. We just want to hear right. uh, the wisdom from your heart and we'll follow along. And then after that, we're just going to do some conversation with you, ask you some questions and and um, just sure. excited to be with you tonight. So welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm so honored to be here today. It's a season that we're in that's both challenging and beautiful. Uh, we're living in a time where Oh man, the anxiety and uncertainty is just on the rise. We've got loss of jobs, fear of health, isolation from those that we love. And these only and like make all of the worry and the fear that much bigger. As moms, the question is how do we move forward with peace despite our circumstances and remain present with our kids? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And this is like, this is my anthem. This is what I just cling to day after day. The other day, my daughter said to me, I don't think there is anyone on the planet that loves this time at home more than you. Just today, she made this um, basically mockery, but it was all in fun and she did an impersonation of me. You can check it out on my Instagram. 
And it's so funny because she even does this, like, I love being at home because I have my family all safe in my home. And it's true. And I laughed when she said that, but I love that she's seeing and she's observing joy and peace in this season because it hasn't always been easy for me. I am a recovering worrier. I grew up my whole life with debilitating, debilitating fear that kept me from taking steps forward in my life. And so God has shown me in tough seasons through my life that joy is a choice. It's a choice to be made daily. And sometimes for people like me, a choice to be made hourly. It's not to be mistaken with happiness. But with God's strength, I've learned that I can either be held captive in my fears and circumstances, or I can wake up every day and choose to walk in peace and joy. So when I come to you and I share my experiences and my hopes for our families, it's a choice that I've had to actually make because my proclivity would be to be held captive in fear and control. But instead, God has given me this gift of being able to see joy in the everyday for which I'm so, so thankful. So today we're going to explore our home's culture as it pertains to faith, fun, and friendship. We've been entrusted with our kids for a short season. You ladies can attest to this. And I just want every moment to count and have a lasting impact. You see, intentional parenting isn't exclusive to certain personality types or if you're a stay-at-home mom or a homeschooling mom. I believe that God has called all moms to intentionally pour into the lives of our children. And ultimately, our goal is to point them to him. As moms, we set the tone for our house. We're the ones that set the culture. So think of a thermometer versus a thermostat. A thermometer's job is to show the temperature. Huh, it's 78 degrees. I see that. That's all it does. It tells you the temperature. A thermostat, on the other hand, determines the temperature of a room. It can go up. It can go down. Moms, we are the thermostats in our home. We determine the culture, whether we want to or not. Our kids are watching and they're following our lead. I've never been a morning person, but in the last year, God has given me a gift of naturally waking up a couple hours before my kids. It might be my dog that gave me that gift, but regardless of who gave it to me, I'm enjoying it and I'm cherishing this time. I wake up early, I go downstairs with my coffee and I just sit in the quietness of the, my home and just recenter and bring the day ahead to the Lord. It's simple. I listen to spa music and I read my Bible as I listen to it on audio because without visually and audibly reading it at the same time, my mind is already shooting ahead to the day. As mom's we're busy. We're trying to figure out school about what are people eating today? How are we doing the schedule? Even while we're at home, there's fears. There's how are we paying the bills this month? Take that time in the morning between you and God. I'll write out scripture and I'll, I'll write in point for my prayers. And then I just talk to God. I leave it all on the table. And when I'm done, it's like, oh, I feel lighter and I'm ready for the day ahead. Starting the day with intentionality with the Lord has become life to me. It was a gift that I didn't even know how much I needed it. And in turn, it gives me joy and energy to be able to be intentional with my girls. Because of this time, it's not only a gift for me, but it's a gift to my girls because now they wake up to a peaceful home, a peaceful mom. I have them do um, a Bible journal in the morning just to try to create habit in our home. Beyond that, I might be the worst at trying to do family devotions or family Bible studies. We'll start on a Monday. We'll do good for a day. And by Wednesday, that is done. It's over. I'm like, God, man, I'm a pastor's wife. I should be teaching my kids. But I believe that at the end of the day, my kids are going to remember not the formal Bible studies that I did with them. They're going to remember the everyday moments 
They're going to remember how we talked about God and his goodness each and every day. You see, God is woven into all of our conversations. I'm able to humble myself and ask for forgiveness when I've wronged them. Just the other day, I realized that I had been really quick to correct my daughter in front of somebody else. I just, I saw her just deflate after I took her aside and I just hugged her and I started to cry and I just apologized. Now on the flip side, when my girls have wronged me, I deliver consequences and then we hug it out and they ask me for forgiveness and I forgive them and we move on and it's not talked about again. So in these moments of this back and forth, they're learning about grace. In the first few months of our daughter's lives, I spent hours upon hours nursing. And that might be you. You might be in this boat where you're in this stage where you're basically tied to your baby. In these quiet moments of nursing, I redeemed the time by, I would just sing hymns and read scriptures over them. It brings me to tears some days because I'll hear my girls just all of a sudden break out into a hymn that I haven't sung in years. And I know that it's because I sang it to them and it was like, it was just hidden in their heart as babies. They don't forget these moments, redeem the everyday routine. When my kids would go through nighttime fear, we'd repeat the same scriptures out loud before bed. I keep them in my notes on my phone. And I remind them that fear is not from Christ. And he has mm. the power to conquer fear. Satan's a liar. He's a thief. And he's going to try to steal their joy and keep them in darkness. It's not enough just to say, there's nothing to be afraid of. You're fine. They need to know that there is a source of fear. Recently, I was doing this fear book with my girls where it's teaching strategies about how to move forward in your fear. And one of the exercises was to draw a picture and name your fear monster. Because then if you have a fear monster, you pretend he's on your shoulder and you can flick him away and figure out strategies to visually see this. And in the book, they're like these blue fluffy creatures, kind of like square, whatever it was. But no, my girls didn't choose an animated thing. Both of my girls chose a version of Satan and labeled it their fear monster was Satan. They know the source of fear, but it doesn't frighten them. It gives them a peace and a hope because not only do they know the source of fear, they know who the hero of the story is. They know that Jesus came to conquer sin and Satan. Another way that we bring faith just into normal everyday life is when we read a book or we watch a movie, I ask intentional questions about the characters' lives. How would God want them to act in this situation? How could we have shown them Christ's love to them? What would you do? I try to keep it natural and in the moment. Even the other day, as one of my daughters, her representation of Satan was him as a serpent. And I was able to relate back to us watching Harry Potter together. And one of the characters has a serpent in his turban and he's controlling his thoughts essentially. And I was able to say, hey, that is, you drew a serpent and you're supposed to be picturing it on you so you can figure it out. That's what Satan does. He is that serpent. He comes in and he tries to control your thoughts. He tries to tell you that you have to stay in fear. They have to stay on that track and keep going around and you can't get off. See, what we need to do is we need to redeem our culture. We're living in it. There's nowhere to go. But what we need to do is we need to take our culture and point it to Christ. We need to teach our kids the character of Christ through everyday moments, teaching them to stand up against injustice, how to love their neighbors as Christ loves us. We live this out. Our kids don't just need to hear us quote scriptures and ideas. They need to see it practically. My girls have seen me hurt. They've seen me process pain of a friend who's betrayed me. And they've seen like the choice, even as a mother, they're watching us and they're seeing, hey, is my mom going to handle this with forgiveness or is she going to hold on to bitterness? 
Our girls have a heart for missions because we've made it a priority in our home. In our, our families, COVID has intensified the fears in our kids. We were on our way back from a missions trip in Uganda, and our stop on the way back was Paris, and it's right when everything in Europe had exploded, um, figuratively with COVID. And I, we were FaceTiming with grandma before we were heading to Paris, and we had to go there. And she was so concerned, and right in front of my kids, she shared her concern. And my youngest just got so fearful and she was so afraid. And I looked at her and maybe some of you, your kids need to hear this today. Maybe you need to hear this today. God wasn't surprised. He's not surprised. He wasn't like, like I literally looked into my child's eyes and I said, God didn't just go, oh man, I didn't know. I didn't know this was going to happen. We believe that we have a sovereign God and he knows what's going to happen, that he's got us in his hands. Kids need to be assured of that. If we believe that to be true, then we can move forward in peace. Remember, we're that thermostat. Our kids are watching us. So if we can't get out of the cycle of fear, they're picking up on that and they're not going to know. Seek help and try to find relief from your fear. The best way that I feel to improve the culture of our home is fun. It's no secret that I like to bring the fun. Uh, it doesn't take long on Instagram to see that fun is like at the core of our family's culture. I get DMs all the time from moms that say, oh, I wish I was that kind of mom. How do you have the time? How do you have the energy? I'm here to tell you every mom can and should have fun. We're in this job full-time for at least the next 18 years. So we can either trudge along or we can enjoy the process. It's like when we celebrate a couple who's been married for a long time and we're like, wow, that's awesome. Congratulations, you've been married for 50 years. Wow. Except often we don't do the follow-up question that we need to, which is how was it? Anybody could be married for 50 years, but was it enjoyable? Did you delight in one another? Did you merely survive or did you thrive it? It's the same with parenting. We can either survive parenting or we can thrive and delight in our children. For the moms with littles, believe me, when I say the saying is true, the days are long, but the years are short. My oldest is just about 14. <laughs> which means that I have four years until the world deems her an adult. Four years. I want to get to the finish line, not 18, and know that I gave it my all, that I cherished every moment with my girls. Now, I know from day to day that you are literally just trying to survive. Been there, done that. I'm with you. Some days, it's still that way, even though my girls are older. What I'm talking about is the moments within the chaos that becomes moments that our kids can remember that will bring comfort and peace. A time where they're like, oh, I like it here. It's not about elaborate plans and add to your to-do list. What I'm suggesting is that you're intentional with the tasks that you're already doing and redeem the routine. When my girls were babies, I made up these simple songs for each of my girls, unique to them. And we still sing them every night, even to my 14-year-old. And they're all sung to tunes of just classic songs. So super simple. You don't have to have a great voice. And what's interesting is that when their friends come over, they get so excited. And they're like, can you sing us the song? Can you do it? And I'll add their name into it. And see, what we did is we took a regular routine like bedtime that often is surrounded with stress. And we've amplified it. We've gone, how can we make this a joyful thing, a memory? And so we will sing, Sienna, I love you, my baby, my dear. I will love you forever and will always be near. Ooh, Sienna. You don't have to have a good voice. You just, you just have to do it. And you don't have to do that. I'm just giving you options. But you just, you just got to move forward. The kids don't care about your voices. What they care about is the effort. 
And so each of my kids have those. And the fun is about ev- just elevating the every day. You're already cooking dinner. It's got to happen anyways. If you find mealtimes are stressful, turn down the light. Light the candles. Put on some spa music. Spa music is life to me in this home. It just sets this mood and you'll feel the shift in the room. What about playing Italian music while you eat spaghetti? Stuck in an <laughs> Italian accent. Surprise the family by setting the table with the fancy dishes that you only use for the people that you really, really love and want to impress. Like, what a better opportunity to use it for your family, the people that you really do love. Put out the themed Pokemon plates that you had from last year's birthday party. If you really want to blow their mind, okay. Serve dessert before dinner. Bam. Mind blown. Like literally anything that is out of the ordinary will be saved in your kid's memory bank as my mom was so fun. She always gave us dessert before dinner. You're like, I did that one time. They remember it like it was every single day. It's really that simple. What about declaring one night of the week family night? Play games, go for bike rides. The only rule is that you have to join in the fun. You can't just be a spectator on that night. Be present, enter in, get on the bike, get on the swing. If you find yourself completely depleted on Friday night, don't make that family fun night, but redeem it. Choose to make Friday nights an intentional pizza and movie night. You're exhausted, you have no energy, but all of a sudden, it's an event just because you worded it in a way. You pull out the treats. You talk to your kids about how excited you are about watching Frozen 2 for the hundredth time. And then when you doze off on the couch, it's no big deal. With a little effort, but your kids, it's big. It makes them feel special and thought of. If you find your kids in a mood, don't join them. Don't let them dictate don't let them be the thermostat you are. Don't let them switch gears, bake their favorite treats, act silly. Kids love when moms act silly, even if they look like they don't. You're in the safety of your own home. So act over the top. If my girls are in a mood, I'll just like start doing like the Elaine dance completely over the top. Or when we're in the car, I can only use my, I'm an expert at hand dancing. And I just get right into it and get right in their faces. Will you get the eye roll? A hundred percent you will. Will it be worth it? 99.9%. See, in our home, the eye roll is usually followed by the smirk. Mom. And once I get that, then engagement can happen. Because once we've laughed and we felt a little bit of this negative lift, then I'm able to casually yet purposefully ask, hey, the way you were treating your sisters earlier wasn't cool. It doesn't seem to actually be about them. Is there something else bothering you? You have all of a sudden this, this leeway in. If you find that your kids don't naturally share, add a story about your childhood. Like if you know that your child cheated on a test, and was caught, but they don't know that you know yet. Share a story about a time that you did something wrong and grace was shown to you when you confessed. You don't like hit the nail right on the head. You just give something that can hover around it because sometimes kids just need a nudge to feel safe to let you in. They need to know, hey, my mom's human. She made errors too. The other day, my daughter needed a ride to pick something up. And I, I said I'd take her, but I had to run a couple errands as well. So as we're driving, we're going to the bank and all that kind of stuff. I noticed that a coffee shop was open. So we popped in and grabbed teas. We hopped back in the car just to continue the same errands we were doing before. But my wording changed the whole ride. What was just a regular getting errands, all of a sudden with teas, I looked at her and I said, Sienna, I'm so happy we're on the date together. I feel like I haven't seen you and spent enough time just alone together since COVID happened. I'm so glad you came with me. 
this is special. Nothing changed except for the words that I used and holding teas in our hand. All of a sudden, her whole face lit up and she sat up taller and man, did she get chatty. There was no phones involved. It was just her and I, and she talked about it for the next week. I want those times with my girls. I want to create a friendship with my girls. I cringe when I hear I'm their parent, not their friend. All I think is why? Why can't we be both parent and friend? When I look at the example of Jesus and John, he was both the disciples' teacher and their friend. One didn't negate the other. In fact, friendship builds currency for our children to receive discipline and grow. In this season, more than ever, our kids are needing our friendship. Think ahead for a moment. If you want to be friends with your kids when they're adults, start when they're young. Like It's like a marriage. If we don't invest in our marriage before the kids move out, what makes us think we're going to like spending time with them when we're empty nesters? We need to invest in the future that we want. If this doesn't come naturally for you, that's okay. Pray that you find delight in your kids. Don't try to do it all at once. Add one intentional moment a day. Play a board game together. Grab a tea and chat. If they're older, send them a funny meme. If your child's really into Minecraft, go and find time to sit with them and just explore their worlds. Super fun. If they love crafting, provide materials and look on Pinterest to find fun, crafty ideas to do together. In our house, we love reading books aloud. It's amazing how reading, if something so simple as reading bonds you in this special way and fosters friendship, you feel like you've experienced something unique together. And we gain inside jokes and we just feel so connected through books. Now, once the kids reach the teen and preteen years, peers are going to all of a sudden become elevated. They're going to start to branch out, to take on the values and the ideals of those that they're spending time with. We as moms are no longer the end all for them. But this doesn't have to be feared as a bad thing. At the end of the day, our job is to raise competent adults that love God, his house, and his ways. They're not going to be under our wings forever. How are they going to make these choices? By being surrounded with people that love God and are pushing them to him. See, once peers start rising, this isn't our time to just wipe our hands and just feel rejected. It's time to step up and be intentional. I'm still in these early stages of this, but I'm realizing the importance of I need to press into my kids. Find activities, again, that you can enjoy together. If your daughter loves pedicures, book a time when this all opens up. But at home, you can even make a pedicure station. But sit side by side and get your nails done. In our house, we have some rite of passages in our home. When they're 11, I take them to brunch in Bare Minerals where they get a makeup lesson. And at the brunch, we talk about God's idea of beauty and how makeup isn't necessary, but it's to add to it, but it's not the end all because God looks at the inside. You're able to have these conversations. See, I want those first to be special and to be with me, to be memorable where they remember. And the funny thing is, is they wear makeup now for the next two days and then they're over it. They don't even think about it again. When they're 13, I take them away somewhere in that year on a special trip. Now, you're home right now, so you can think outside the box. You can be like, what can I do that's just them? Okay, we can grab teas and we can just go for a nice drive, go for a hike together. It doesn't have to be extravagant. The point is to make it special and to work within their passion. If your child hates bugs, hates the outdoors, camping isn't the trip that you're taking them on. You want them to feel like, wow, my mom gets me. She knows me. And then you can talk about the years ahead of what's coming up. What are the, the pressures that are going to come? Youth group has been huge for my girls. 
they've created these incredible friendships with their youth leaders. And these young women have poured into their lives. When my daughter gushes over some wisdom that one of them has bestowed upon her, sometimes the same thing I've also said to her a hundred times, but hearing it from someone so close in their age is just accepted differently. So then I have the option, am I going to feel threatened or jealous? Or am I going to feel thankful that there's somebody else in their lives that wants to see them flourish, pointing them to Jesus and his ways? You see, the more women that I can have pouring into my girls, the better. And all these things, I'm talking about them in regards to my girls because I have three girls. But you can do this with your boys as well. These relationships are important. Our kids are having everything the world has to offer thrown at them. This is how you do friendship. This is how you dress. This is how you do sex. This is how you live life to the fullest. It's like all of it is in high definition and surround sound. It's bright. It's flashy. We need to amplify the voice of Christ in their lives. What a better way to do this than to surround them with people that will have an impact on their lives. If the season is coming where my voice is going to be dimmed, I find comfort in knowing that there are others there that are going to fill in the gap. I have many years ahead in my motherhood journey. I know that there are many ups and downs to come. I know I'm going to continue to fall short. I'm going to make errors. I'm thankful that God has given us his spirit to help us, to help me to walk through this. I spend time and I just pray for the future. I want my kids to want to come home, to be in our home. And so that's part of why I want to create this home of joy where we have fun together and we enjoy it. Each day I pray the fruit of the spirit over my life and my family's life. And I'd love to pray it over you now. Lord, give us a spirit of love. Help us to love our children as you have loved us. You humbled yourself to die on the cross for our sins. Humble me today. Joy. Give us joy that supersedes our circumstances and brings levity to our home. Peace. Give us peace knowing that you placed these children in our life, that you gave them to us on purpose for a purpose. There was no error there. And so in that, you gave us all the tools that we need to raise this child. You love our kids more than us and have a plan for their lives. Patience. Give us patience to be intentional with our kids, showing grace and love, even in discipline. Kindness. Help us to treat our family like they are valued and important. Goodness. Give us a thankful heart to see the blessing of our children and our season. Even when circumstances aren't good, and you might be in that season right now, remember God is good. Faithfulness. Help us to be faithful to you, God, and to our families, not giving our leftovers, but our very best. Gentleness. Help us to approach our kids with a softness that builds trust and safety and self-control. Help us to be slow to anger and quick to ask for forgiveness. And Lord, in all these things, we ask for grace. God, we have been hit a curveball here. And God, I just pray that we can handle it with grace and truth and that we can choose joy today, that we can walk in joy knowing that you are in control, that you've got us. I pray that each and every day, no matter what is going on behind the scenes, that we can give it to you, that we can leave it at the cross and we can intentionally pour into our children's lives so that they can see you, God. Help our kids to see you in us so that we can point them to you in relationship with you. We thank you for each and every mom who's just trying to survive today. There are moments where you're going to feel like You're just surviving. And so, God, we just pray a blessing over them that even today that they just feel a peace that passes all understanding. We thank you, God, for you are good. Amen. Thanks, Erin. That was awesome.
Thank you. So I, um, I have some questions going. Kathy, did you have anything right away or do you want me to? Yeah, you can go right into the questions. Okay. And yeah, and then um, just two things that I am coming away with. Um, eat dessert before dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and learn how, to hand, <laughs> learn how to hand dance. But really, there's so much there. Honestly, I'm so excited that this is on Facebook. This will be a podcast and you're going to be at the conference. Um, after we hear the questions, um, I'll kind of give you some thoughts on other takeaways I had, but I just thank you, Erin. That was absolutely amazing. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, so we have uh, one question from those who are watching. Curious about uh, if you have any suggestions for those who serve in youth and family ministry and what they can specifically do to support parents in developing a spirit of fearlessness and fun in their homes. Mm -hmm. I am a uh... A big advocate. I do a lot of podcast reading and reading on, I have um, an interest obviously in fear and how to protect our kids from fear and to give them the tools to be able to conquer it because of my experiences. And um, people that I am just right now is a great resource that I'm seeing is her name is Sissy Goff and it's Raising Boys and Girls. And she has a book and um, the book for girls is, um, oh gosh, I can't even think of it offhand, but it's about fear and not being afraid. Um, and so that is a great resource. And then um, I would say anything that's practical that kids can work through. So we just finished this book about, about fear. And so it teaches the kids breathing techniques. It's teaching them. We need to give the kids practical, practical tools. We can't just say, okay, God is good. This is bad, but you're okay. Like move on. That's what I was told a lot as a kid. And they tried their very best. They would give me songs, but now we have so many resources that we can actually give techniques where, and so Sissy actually has a book even to, where it's a workbook material. So you're teaching your kids to actually have tools within their own mind of picture yourself with a box and you put your fears in that box and you lock it up. And then once a day for 15 minutes, you, these are kids who like repetitively, and then you can sit with your mom and talk through those fears for that time and techniques for removing stuff. Thank you very much. And, um, and so those, and so I would recommend that sort of thing of just making sure that we're talking about it, name it what it actually is. Don't beat around the bush with fear. Kids need to know, just like all Disney movies, there's always a bad character, but then there's always this hero. They need to know that there is a hero fighting on their behalf and that is stronger and he will conquer and he can. I'm living proof. I'm a child. I could go on for days about fear. I was a child so so crippled with fear. And I walk freely. I now have the tools and the tactics that I can shift on. And a lot of that is maturity and age and God's working through me. But so the spirit of fear and fun in their homes, I would just, again, remove, stop talking about COVID. Our kids don't need to know they're living it. They're in it. Remove that. Do fun events. I know our youth group is doing a lot of fun where the kids go on and do games online with their youth and that, and they're, they're loving it. So we know the elephant in the room. Let's stop talking about it and move forward with the fun and the joy. Um, I've got a lot of resources on my, um, on my website, erineclark.com. And it shows some fun family ideas that you can do. I hope those, those help. Yeah, that's awesome. And it actually leads into another question we had about what are your thoughts on, is it ever okay to let your kids know about your own fear? Um, and what would your message during fearful times be to them? Mm -hmm. I think we need to be aware that children are delicate children, but they're stronger than we think. So we need to be remembering their ages and they don't need to be carrying the weight that adults are carrying. So if your family, for example, has just lost their job, and so you know that financial struggles are coming ahead, you're feeling that. You're feeling it to the core of who you are. It's all you can think about. 
your kids don't need to know that because right away they're going to, we're going to lose our house. We're going to lose. So they don't need to know your fears, but they do need to know the tangible. Hey, mom's having a hard time right now. I'm feeling sad. Dad lost his job, but we trust that God's okay. Like they can know the facts if they're older, uh, but keep it basic. Keep it to the point and be able to pray with them through it. And so kids don't need to know all the nitty gritty details of what we're going through, but you can talk about, well, we just, we're not going to eat. Like my kids will take something like that too. I have to be cautious because if I was like, well, we're, we can't eat out because we're, we don't have enough money. You make jokes in your life where for kids, you're like, no. And you throw out these blanketed excuses of we're not eating out because we don't have money. They don't have the logic to sift through. They just think we have no money. Oh my goodness. So just be really cautious in how you say things, but you can be truthful to your kids, but not in the weight, the weightiness. I'm not sure if I'm very clear on that one, but, um, but it's honest, but it's within their age. Like I wouldn't tell my nine-year-old that I don't know how I'm paying my bills next week. They don't need to know that. They need to know that they're safe, that they're secure, that God's got you, that you're, you're protecting them. No, that's perfect. Um, you summed it up very, very good. The last question is more about um, kind of a specific demographic, but as a pastor's wife, mm -hmm. did you feel more pressure to get everything right? And how did you go about forging your own unique identity? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And uh, I think it's a question that um, it's talked about a lot, but it's always brushed over. So when I grew up, I never had good examples of pastor's wives. I never felt, I felt like there was a lot of unsteadiness within. Everything looked perfect on the outside, but they were all crumbling underneath. And the rate of depression was so high. Every pastor's life that I was in connection with ended up having depression or some form of just really hard times. And so we didn't have these healthy things. So when we started to plant village, one thing that we determined was, because I remember when Mark and I had said we were going into ministry, we weren't even married yet. Mark met with the pastor and he sat a fish tank down on the table. And he was a big fish in a very small pond, but he thought he was bigger than he was. And he was like, this will be your life. Do you want to live in this for the rest of your life? And in that moment, and I'm an eight on the Enneagram. So in that moment, I was like, mm -mm, you are not, and so is my husband. We're like, yeah, no, that's not our reality. That's not what it's going to be. And we made the decision that we are going to forge our own way. Now with that, I'm a recovering fearful person as well. It's taken years. So the first few years of ministry, I tried to conform to everybody what people wanted how they felt. I would leave parties and gatherings and just feel sick because I'd been trying all night to meet everybody's expectations. And when we started Village, we knew that we now had this opportunity to do things different. We didn't need to fit in a box. Neither of us fit in boxes. <laughs> and so we were able to start fresh and be like, this is us. This is authentically us. Like when Mark gets up and speaks, he is the exact same person at home. There's nothing for us that's off the table. Like a lot of times when Mark preaches, people will be like, oh my goodness. See, like, are you okay with him sharing that story? I'm like, yeah, like we are open books. If it's something sensitive to my heart, he'll always ask me permission. But everything else, we're human beings that are gonna make errors in life. And if we can be transparent and people can see the reality of that, just like in parenting, I want my kids to see my faults and the beauty. I remember when we were going to Uganda the first time, I left our yellow fever cards at home and you need them. Like they tell you, they won't let you in the country. And I cried the full first flight while I was trying to figure it out. And my daughter sat behind me and she wrote this song that I later heard about me. And it was this song of, you always do things perfect. I never see you make errors but now I see that you're like and it was actually I don't remember the details of it but it was this idea of in that she felt like she could open up and be real and authentic and so we recognize that we 
yes, Village has become bigger than we could have ever anticipated. But just like the church down the road that has 25 people, we're all on the same mission. And if we lose focus of that mission and get tied up with trying to meet people's expectations, then we're no longer following God's plan. And so at the end of the day, he's the person that we answer to. And so I take friends easy. I'm cautious, but I will let people in and I don't fear them sharing stuff about me because I'll, I'll share it first. I'm pretty open. And I think that helps. I think losing that and Mark's been a big help in that because he's very much a, what do you, what do you care, Aaron? Like, what do you care about that? But I do, I take things a little more sensitive, but I've learned over the years that I'm authentically me. And that's why I think that people relate to me as well on Instagram, because what you see is what you get. And every woman, we're all in the same boat. We're all trying to, just today, I can't stand my husband at this moment because I'm trying to, when I do something extra in my life, it's just an addition. When he does something, I make sure to fill in the gaps. For me, it's like, cool. Are you going to homeschool my kids and help me? No, he's still doing his thing. We all have our struggles. We all have real life. And I think if we relate, then people can see Christ better in us. So just always remember who is over us. It's Christ. It's not the church. It's not your board. It's not your people. So don't try. I don't know if I just muted my, no. So don't try to please anybody or else you are just going to become exhausted and a shell of a person. You want to be healthy for your family, for your church, and to be able to do God's God's business. That's awesome. I just added my husband's running shop back in the kitchen right now. So love him. <laughs> you can't hear it. It's all good. 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 Um, that's what we had for questions. And thank you so much uh, for answering yeah. them like that. So I'm going to hand it to Kathy. Yeah. You know, you have conversations with people sometimes like elevator ones and you think, okay, like that conversation is done. I think this one is actually the seed of a hundred conversations, Erin. And that's what I love about it. Like I've got so much rolling in my head. I think one thing that you said about the rite of passages is that the first for anything in your kids, you know, Mm -hmm. to make those things memorable. And I remember sometimes raising my kids that I was just thinking, I just want to get through this. I just want them to grow up and, you know, like, let's get to the next season, but to be intentional, not only in the, in the day to day, but the, have the long view and something else that you said that really hit me. I mean, I grew up in a, in a very highly charged emotional atmosphere. My mother was that way, but the, the, the proactivity versus being Mm -hmm. reactive reactive to your kids so that you're the thermostat, not your kids. Instead of them letting you um, react to them, you're being proactive and they're reacting to you. I just love that. I think that's, I think that that visual for me is just so helpful. Even now in this really stressful environment, you know, with people in my home that I'm seeing every day, day in and day out, that I'm still the one that can set the thermostat. That's, yeah. that's powerful. Ain't happy. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So there's so yeah. many things that are coming out of this conversation for me. I think fear and what to do with that, bringing it to the surface and not hiding it. Yeah. Um, authenticity, identity, I mean, there's so much power um, in, in everything that you said. So I think that I have a lot to think about and and those that are going to be hearing this, because I think I know that this is a seed that's going to be planted that is going to harvest a lot. And when I think about platform too, you know, the, the village church platform and the platform that Mark is on and your platform actually in the home, which is just as impactful and can influence generations through what you do in that space, I think is an encouragement to us all. And so, keep, yeah, keep holding yeah. that space because your words are so unique. You know, you're not, you're not uh, taking it lightly. You're not like, you know, complaining all the time about let's mm-hmm. just survive. You're really painting a new picture. So mm-hmm. thank you so, so much thank for you. that. Um, I don't know what to say. I'm just like, I've, I've made all of these <laughs> notes on my paper and I'm just so excited for everybody that's going to be hearing these words and really being encouraged about the intentionality, but also the calling. Like, do you feel, have you felt that this is a calling for you? 
Definitely. I think there's part of it. And I just mentioned the Enneagram where I, Mark and I are the same numbers. We're both in eight, seven. And so both of us are very driven people. And I remember when we decided we had dated for five years before we got married and a couple years into our relationship, I realized, okay, one of us has to give a little bit or else we're never going to move forward. We're both going to just keep on kind of flattening and start lifting up. And in that moment, I made the personal decision where I knew Mark was going into ministry and it was like, okay, I need to be a cheerleader for him. And it's not about bringing down women. It's nothing to do with that. It was in our marriage. If our marriage as two eights were going to be healthy, one of us needed to make some pullbacks that we could flourish together. And because I knew that he could do well, I felt confident. And because he was confident in what was happening at home, he could go out and be confident in what he was doing. And so I always knew that what we were doing was in unity together. But we all have pride and we all have our things. And often I went through so many seasons. I had some hard seasons where it was like, cool, I'm just a trophy wife. Then I'll just be in the background. Clearly, like I could, and you go through these times where you're like, okay, I'm not being used. I'm not being used. God, what do you have for me? Because is this it? And it was once I finally, it was when I started homeschooling, God just worked in me. And I had to pull back from everything at that time, doing any kind of ministry, realizing, okay, I need to be humbled. This isn't about me. I need to focus on my home. And in that, God kept stripping back my pride and stripping back my pride. And what I find is, I just find it so beautiful that because I gave up my pride and my ambitions, and I found this joy within my home, within my family, within homeschooling, and just this peace. Our life works well when I am doing what I was doing at home. But now, God on the flip side is honoring still my passions and my desires and so, yeah, I think I just love this, the way that God is working and how he is now using something that brings joy in our home and being able to share it out. It's not me trying to fit in a mold that I wasn't meant to fit in. It's me being me and God going, this, this is what I've created you for. Why are you trying to fit in a box that you were never meant to fit in? Go and be you and reach the moms, reach the women, reach that. And so I, I think it's just a, a great example of how we need to lose our own pride and go, God, what do you have for me? What do you want? And so, yeah, I'm really thankful for this season. I'm thankful for my kids and my family and that I, I can be home and I can spend this time. And so I really try to, to just take it one day at a time, but, but I'm thankful for it for sure yeah I hear it in your voice and I see it on your face and gosh like two eights living in the same house I don't know how you do it but but yeah Uh, both of you choosing to be confident in your own spheres of influence mm -hmm. both equally important in the kingdom we had one of our girls Bonnie on a conversation like this and she was just reminding us how um you know humanity needs a place to land and that is the family that's the home and in this season we may be just forging a new path for everybody out there who wants to find a safe space and look God's brought us all home to do that so where you are is very strategic so when you write your book Erin we will all working on it I'm working on it (laughs) that's so good this is a zoom clap right here (laughs) so again we're just so honored that you've been with us today Well, I hope you joined uh, that conversation with Erin as much as I did. Again, I love her intentionality about having the long view. And, um, you know, don't try and please everyone is what she says. And I think if we could take away anything, it's that, like, you're not going to please the church all the time. You're not going to please people that think you should be doing something different um, or being serious. Just do what you know that you are obedient to do in that moment. I think that's the best advice that we can walk away with and replace fear with joy as much as possible. And she's absolutely right that, you know what, everybody's carrying uh, the consequences of what 
COVID is wreaking um, in our hearts. We, our kids are carrying it. We don't need to invite them into our fear-filled places. We don't need to have them carry that weight. They're in it. They're experiencing it. So maybe our job is to introduce those moments where their faith can be shored up, that they can, uh, like that Proverbs 31 woman, smile at the future because they have a certain trust that God is still sovereign over all. So we're so grateful that you joined us for this conversation with Erin Clark. You can follow her on her erineclark.com website. And of course, follow her on Instagram because you'll find uh, the best authentic Erin there. And she'll make you laugh. And she'll also draw you in to some really deep truth about stewarding your influence and bringing joy into your home. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Her Influence podcast. Download and share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Go to gatherwomen.com for show notes, resources, and events in your area. We invite you to join the movement to hear the voices of women represented in equal value and strength in all kingdom conversations, and to see the presence of women in equal value and strength in every area of influence. And now, rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts.